Blog Talk Radio. I'm Mason Mike, and of course, a little surprise for you guys. Techie Joe's with me tonight. Unfortunately, uh, St. Germain is not going to be with us tonight, unfortunately. I was looking forward to discussing her book. It's actually one that's really good. It's on Akashic Records. You guys go check that out. It has been a crazy, crazy week already. And this is just Tuesday. Oh. But we're here. But we made it. We're here. We're in charge. We're going to play games. We're going to have fun with you guys. And you guys are going to have fun with us. So, if you have not heard, your trip to Paris may be a little less exciting this year. Um, unfortunately. Deeply unfortunately. Um, I awoke. And I believe, did you wake up to it, Joe, or were you just already up early and saw it starting? Um, well, no, actually, I did not wake up early that day. I actually woke up to it was already going on. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it was just, it, it's one of those things that you see the post and you're like, what? What? Notre Dame on fire, what? Like, right. April Fool's, did I wake up on April Fool's Day? Did I have, like, this really wild dream for the last, like, two weeks? You know, like, well, what's going on? And, right. yeah, then I'm glued to it. The, the, there was an attorney that CBSN right. and I were best friends for, like, three hours. It was like, what? But, yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, no, for me, it was, it was shocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they I, have I don't not think announced the cause. No, yeah. no, I don't think anyone expects to see that 
for a lot of people, that is Paris. Everything, Google directions, everything else. Um, well, it's the literal was, center of the city. It's the literal city of the uh, center of the city. It's what all their right. numbering is based on. I mean, it, yeah. it is the heart of Paris. You you could no better describe the heart of Paris than it is the Notre Dame, literally and figuratively. Been the place for so many um, historical events, you know, and within hours also means, and I will tell you, there are, I love a good meme, but I was a little pissed uh, off about them. Yes. Yeah, who ticked off the hunchback? Oh, that was, Yeah. I mean, it's like one day that will be funny. This is not, not today. today. Not today. Possibly not even tomorrow. Possibly not until they rebuild. Which, right. that's the amazing part already coming out of it, is the number of billionaires stepping up. They're up to, what, at least $300 million pledged to help rebuild? Exactly. Yeah, but that's pledges. Let's see it when they write I the know. damn check. That's where I'm at. Well, I figure at least the Gucci dude is going to follow through on that one. Um, yeah. I, I forget the, who the other donors are, but Gucci, yeah. I think you yeah, will see Gucci a horrible, will. horrible revolt against Gucci well, I think if they... Right. Um, I think it'll be even more. Um, mm-hmm. Gucci will do this. I feel like, and for Gucci, it really matters to them. I mean, because they've done mm-hmm. fashion shows there. They, you know, that's what people... Some, if you're not part of the Perry culture, you're not part of the Catholic culture, and you're looking out, you're probably like, oh, it's terrible they lost their church. No, this isn't just a church. This was a museum. No. This is where, for years, the French kings were crowned. This was the heart, you know, we keep calling it the heart of, Fran- of Paris. It's the heart of France. Mm-hmm. It's the heart of Gaul. Because before Notre Dame was there, it mm-hmm. was a Gaul worship place. Mm-hmm. You know, it is and you know some of the crafts that. What I found even more aggravating was some of the crafts mm-hmm. um, that. Mm-hmm was put out there on Twitter. Like, why don't they drop, you know, why don't they just take tanker planes and drop? Well, that would be cute if you could actually do that and drop it that specifically. That would have worked wonders. Yeah. We would have destroyed the art, well, but at least we would have saved some of the statues. Yeah. No, well, but, no, I don't think that was going to ever be a good plan. Um if for no other reason than, than exactly as they described that one, right. that's helpful in a large open area of fire. You know, that, that mm-hmm. if you're talking about a wildfire, anything you can do helps. Right. Like, you don't have to be specific. Trying right. to hit the center of Notre Dame 
with water falling from midair. That's mm-hmm. a little bit like it, it would more so apply to guys, but it's like trying to hit a urinal across a room. It's going to take some effort. Well, there, it's going to take more you, effort. It would be more damaging. One of the big problems they had well. there was it, it was this is an island. I mean, they pulled water from the Sens because there wasn't mm-hmm. enough water. You know, and and who was it that we watched? Was that um, St. Peter's Basilica, the Cardinal St. Peter's, talking? And he mm-hmm. made a big emphasis because they just had redone St. Peter's probably about five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. He made a big emphasis about the renovations they'd done that were specifically for the fires. Because this was a mm-hmm. 600-year-old building, 700-year-old building. I mean, mm-hmm. back then, if it was caught fire, they would just pelt water. This isn't the first time Notre Dame has burned. Um, right. And it's just well, and so think, disheartening. I think the bigger issue they were running into, well, it was two issues. One, the scaffolding, where they were working mm-hmm. on the spire. Um, I, I would honestly say that was probably causing them a lot of consternation mm-hmm. because that, right. that you're trying to ultimately not the hugest problem, um, mm-hmm. but it, it had to have been deflecting water and uh, pulling you know like that spray apart as it tried to shoot through. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So the bigger issue being it honestly looked like no one had ever stopped to think right. that they needed to plan their equipment accordingly mm-hmm. so that they had equipment that would hit higher than mm-hmm. uh, or at least halfway up the spire. Um, right. Yeah, it, it looked like they just didn't have the equipment that they needed. Um, yeah, and to even really the fire wasn't the, isn't the highest building. You know, if you look at right. the footage from there, the spire wasn't the highest one in that area. You have also the I believe it's the Louis somewhere close. You have a couple other buildings that have burnt, well, that are built higher than it is now. Yeah, they need to be doing some investing in their fire department and oh, building things. Yes. Well, and, and just planning for this, just thinking about, okay, so, because now granted more modern buildings will have a fire mm-hmm. suppression system. Um, right. One would argue that maybe that's a, uh, in the rebuild a very key component mm-hmm. to make sure right. that, hey, let's just spend this money once. Right. You know, or as you know, infrequently as possible. And mm-hmm. what? And I, I truly do understand when you're talking about a building of that age, you, you uh, the disasters of a fire suppression system in that situation mm-hmm. would be horrific. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to retrofit a building, um, exactly. but if you're rebuilding, hopefully that's like put it in, just put it in, just put it in. Yeah. Right. Well, because it's like the conversation we had as as this event was unfolding. 
is mm-hmm. you're just sitting there and, and you're like, well, they could do this, but it would cause this. Or they could do this, right. but it's going to cause that. And ultimately the point that it got to is at this point, if they don't get mm-hmm. the fire out, it's not even going to matter how much damage was caused exactly. by the water. Um, right. Because you're, there's nothing left. You know, well, like there is a lot left. Weighing, well, yeah. But I mean, though, yeah. it's, at one point in this, when it looked like it was going to be a total loss, is, mm-hmm. you know, unload. Just completely, right. totally, utterly unload on this fire. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, paintings and things be damned. Because, right. you know, you're weighing a priceless, you know, a few, you know, uh, potentially multiple priceless paintings being destroyed against mm-hmm. everything that could be saved. Um, right. When it's already getting to a point that if you don't get this to go out, you're going to lose the right. whole thing. Like right. it doesn't matter anymore. Um, you're, you're teetering right. on that ledge of you either get this under control or, you know, yay for not doing anything to damage a painting. Too bad it mm-hmm. burned in the fire. Right. <laughs> you know, like, What's your priority? What's your priority? Right. Um, you know, and I don't know. You could probably extrapolate a great life lesson out of that one is that sometimes we do that in our own lives. We try so hard to, to mm-hmm. you know, gently put out the fires that are going through our lives and because we're mm-hmm. trying to save things. And then we yeah. turn around and it's like, no, you've hit a point where it's like, Forget what you're trying to save. Right. Put out the fire. Just put it out. And see, it doesn't matter. Yes. Just knock it out. Right. And it's really interesting um, about some of the things they've not been able to investigate yet. For those that don't know, it's a cathedral. They have crypts. Um, mm-hmm. it's they know the forest or the roof is gone. The millions of manuscripts is gone, and I feel like that probably aided the fire. Um, mm-hmm. all those records. Oh yeah, gone. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, it's all going to depend upon what get hit and what can be salvaged mm-hmm. and what may have been removed because that's going to be the other part of this, is they were actively working in the midst of this fire to try to salvage um, some of the things that were accessible still at the earlier stages of the fire. Um, I'm sure that that was not an organized process, um, because quite frankly, the building's on fire, just get it out. Um, exactly, and it may take a while to locate things as to where right. they were stored. What you know, depending upon how decent their plan was for this event. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was you know, one, this is this is a disaster. What is your disaster recovery plan? And mm-hmm. then, okay, how did how well did that execute? 
Because I'm sure it's not yeah. every day that they go and test this. You know, how mm-hmm. quickly can you move a giant statue, throw it in right. a truck, and keep going and keep moving? But right. yeah. there's there's just Uh-oh. no amount of there's no amount. Now, the other side of this, and it's kind of the what I call the weird psyche, and weird events mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Is at the same time as Notre Dame uh, as Notre Dame is Notre burning Dame. is burning completely. Mm-hmm. Solomon's Stables, the prayer at the Temple of the Mount, it's it's called Solomon's Stables. Um, caught mm-hmm. fire. The yeah. exact same time. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. Um, like, I'll put it in that weirdo freaky category for right now. Um, mm-hmm. Just because. Um, I, I don't know exactly. It just doesn't feel like terrorism to me. It's like, man, if this is terrorism, you went above and beyond. Like, this oh, I'm not taking terrorism. No, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, thinking no, but that's been floated. It's been floated. Um, oh, yeah. But if it were, if it were, I'm just going to say, not, like, right. Twin Towers to, like, a magnitude of 10. That's right. where you are with what you did just at Notre Dame. Like, you didn't even need the second one. Mm-hmm. The fire, not important. No one needed that. You you like mm-hmm. that's just gravy. Um, this is to, you've recreated nine eleven with an intensity you don't even want to be come at with. Um, yeah, because yeah, you you nine eleven tragic event, horrible event, lots of people died. Um, mm-hmm. but when you sit here and think about it's cultural, historical significance mm-hmm. and, you know, longevity and how much of the country's history is tied to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, Twin Towers, drop in the bucket. That was major, horrible, whatever. I'm talking mm-hmm. you know, Notre Dame. You get found out to be the one responsible for this. Mm-hmm. Buddy, I don't want to be you. <laughs> I don't know. Well, to be you. Because now, stepping aside, mm-hmm. let's look at both of these. Temple Mount, mm-hmm. the prayer room, and Notre mm-hmm. Dame. You've not only took on the Christians, but you also took on the Muslims. Because this is a Muslim mm-hmm. prayer room. Mm-hmm. Well, and who the heck are you? But I think that it's a weird synchronicity that both of them are going on when we have war on, well, not war on, but all this stuff coming out about the Catholic Church. We have Mm -hmm. all this stuff coming out about the Muslim Brotherhood. All Mm -hmm. this hitting in at one time during prayer Easter Easter week, Holy Communion week. Yeah. Holy week. Yeah. See, this is where I'm sitting here going, I I think it's going to be – the world's weirdest series of coincidence. 
Um, mm-hmm. At least that both of them happened at the same time. Now, right. whether or not either one or both were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, an action deliberately taken, um, right. we'll call it that, um, as two separate incidents. Um, one, I'd say it was just a horribly unfortunate coincidence. Um, but if they were deliberate actions, um, mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's yeah. That is yeah. the ultimate in black eyes. Well, according to Al Jazeera, which is the news agency reporting for Jerusalem, is mm-hmm. the fire there started by a child tampering in the area? Yeah, something tells me okay. that is going to be something really accidental, like. Silly, stupid kid knock something over. Um, Probably an oil lamp. Yeah. Yeah. Because an oil lamp would be in the mosque there. I mean, in the prayer room, they would have the you know the Mm -hmm. wonderful oil lamps you know that are known for there, Um, and that's why it's called Mm -hmm. Solomon's Stable. Um, But it's like how weird. These are one of those points when you go, hmm, is someone trying to tell you something? And I really well, like your analogy. Yeah. yeah. I really like your analogy when you were talking about the fire and about how some of us try to avoid putting, you know, we, we tamper down the flames in our lives. You know, we, we, well, we put out this little fire and we put out this little fire. Hear that or we're throwing water at a grease fire. You know, not mm-hmm. getting that you're 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 not putting out the fire. You're you're not solving mm-hmm. your problem. You're just spreading it around. Um, right. And then turn around and it's like, no, you're literally at a point you can either fix this or it's going to consume you. Right. Um. And yeah, I, I and I've seen many people do that, and and we even see that a lot with celebrities. You know, the right. string of lies. That, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't there, I don't know what you're talking about, and then it's, okay, well, I know what you're talking about, but I still wasn't a part of it. Okay, well, I was mm-hmm. a part of it, but not to that extent. Okay, well, I was kind of a part of it to that, you know, on and on and on. And it's like, you're you're digging a hole here. You're digging right. a hole. You know, it is right. PR 101. If you did it, you admit to it, you move on. Because the longer you sit there and keep playing the I don't know anything about it game, the Mm -hmm. worse it's going to get. Because it's one thing to do something bad and something wrong and something horrible. It's yet another that when you get called to the carpet for it, to sit there Mm -hmm. and just lie on top of lie on top of lie. That's the point where not only are you a horrible person because of the bad thing you did, right? now you're a horrible person that Mm -hmm. no one can trust. You know, you've done a horrible thing and no one can trust you because you can't even admit you did it and just go, look, I screwed up. I'll fix it. Um, Exactly. Which is a big part Um, of, like, the Brene Brown experience. Right. Um, and why I like her so much is, you know, 
um, she talks a lot on that that front of, you know, we don't need to hear all your corporate PR speak. We need you mm-hmm. to admit to the problem, your mistake, and then fix it. Right. Look, we made a mistake. We'll fix it. We're sorry. Right. Genuinely, sincerely, honestly, take hold of that. Right. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of companies, a lot of uh, celebrities especially, a lot of politicians especially, will sit there and just keep driving down that road at warp speed mm-hmm. going, I don't right. know, well, I wasn't there, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it's garbage. Right. It's garbage. You're just making it worse because someone out right. there is going to just keep digging. And they're digging. just going to keep digging. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, it's a you know, it our latest case has been the governor of Virginia. Oh, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't me. I done something later that year, but that isn't me. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's exactly kind of the, the thing we saw with the mm-hmm. uh, Supreme Court nominee, whose name just completely blanked out of my right. head. Um, you know, it, everything he said, it just seemed like a half-truth. Right. You know, I, I like I'll sit there and say uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. I'll sit here and say I don't know that he specifically did everything that he was accused of. I will say that. Mm-hmm. However, I think he knows a heck of a lot more about what happened mm-hmm. than he's alluded to. Um, because there's right. little bits and hair-splitting statements that he made, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, mm-hmm. someone's going to keep digging on this. Like you're you're going to be mm-hmm. three or four years down the road, and you think this is all behind you, and there there's going to be a Watergate-style report that's going to come out, right. and it's going to nail you to a wall because someone's sitting here digging. And it may not be right. that, you know, he specifically did anything wrong. Um, right. But that he has now waited his entire uh, ability to be trusted, his professional reputation, all of mm-hmm. it, all of it, waited it with right. this moment. And it's like, dude, come clean. Just tell what you know. Like, Take your take your beating. You 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 bought it. <laughs> now you gotta right. pay it up. So yeah. Right. All right, guys. Well, let's take a break, and I'm gonna see if maybe we can get Marine on, and then we'll if not, then we'll go into taking your calls. We'll be right back, y'all. And you'll find us at www.themagichappens.com, your free online magazine. Are you looking for loving, caring, spiritual answers? Then you need to give Rainy a call. 
Her number is 303-416-2977. She's able to give you a reading, see what your life path holds, plus what the angels and crossover loved ones has to say about it. Visit PsychicRainyLove.com for more details. And remember, Rainy spelled R-A-I-N-E. As a busy modern woman, I'm constantly on the go. Having to make multiple stops while I'm out shopping or getting things done just doesn't work for me. That's why I love going to the Crystal Lotus Shop for every one of my metaphysical needs. They have all the basics like stones, candles, sage, plus they carry jewelry, herbs, cards, a variety of unique gifts, and several other items you're probably looking for. Uh-oh, sounds like my husband's old college injury flared up again. That's okay. I can count on the team of healers at the Crystal Lotus to fix him right up. They offer massage, Reiki, Kalamni, as well as other energy modalities, all performed by licensed, highly trained, and gifted practitioners. And while he's being taken care of, I'll sit down and get some guidance by one of their accomplished psychic readers. Oh, and did I mention they do custom orders and have gift certificates as well? They even offer yoga several days a week for all levels of experience. Plus, the last Saturday of every month, they have Psychic Saturday, where they offer discounts on readings as well as many healing sessions. Stop in to meet Shauna and the rest of the family there. They're located at 89 Old Main Plaza in St. Albans, where the Loop Pharmacy used to be. Or give them a call at 304-729-8055. Crystal Lotus, taking the spirit where the body cannot go. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human. And she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up. Like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Did you know that you can have a reading with ASIN in person? Or you can reach him by phone, chat, or even text message. You should really check out his site, asinite.com, or give him a call. His number is 304-584-3592. Have a cup of your favorite topics with your hosts, Ace and Mike, and Rain Love. There's nothing like a good conversation to warm your soul and give your spirit a break now and then. Ace and Love have such a wonderful way of exploring topics like psychic phenomena, important topics in our daily lives from a psychic's point of view, and you never know who else will stop by. The Psychic Coffee Shop live on Blog Talk Radio. So come on in. We made a fresh cup of Java just for you. Hey, 
welcome back, and please check out our sponsors. It helps pay the power bill, keep everything rolling. Um, Maureen has been able to join us finally. Um, she was a little delayed. No big deal. We'll switch it up. We can flow free here. So I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. She has an awesome new book out. Now, I loved her fifth dimension, uh, Waking Up 5D. Loved it. Put it into practice. The new one is on Akashic Records, and it's a good one, too. Another easy read. Hello, Maureen, honey. Sorry you were delayed. Thank you for finding me. (laughs) Not a problem. (laughs) Well, you know, we just went to China, picked you up, and flew back. No big deal. Cool. Yeah. So tell us about your new book, Opening the Akashic Records. Well, um, this is work that I have been teaching for about 10 years. And um, I had a very special uh, experience where I was in a lucid dream being told that I was being given access to another dimension. And at the time, I wasn't really clear on what that meant. But as I uh, began working in the Akashic Records, it became very clear. And so this book is the culmination of a lot of years of teaching and working with people and learning uh, what works and what doesn't. And um, I won't say that this is the only way to access the Akashic Records, but I will say that if you follow my protocol, you will mm-hmm. have success. You know, and that's the best part, to know that you can have a way to access the Akashic Records. Because for years, um, everybody I know said, well, you know, we know about the Akashic Records, but how do you get in? So mm-hmm. it's quite fun. Right, and I think it was maybe 20, well, no, it was after Casey. Yes. Back in the 30s that originally started talking about the Akashic Records. And then we've seen a lot of other techniques come out. Um, It's a little bit of a buzzword has been in the metaphysical world for a while, the Akashic Records and Record Keepers. Well, you know, the book. How did you start connecting with that energy? Because it's a different energy. Well, you know, as you say, Casey was the one who talked about the Akashic Records, but he also referred to the Akashic Records as the Book of Life. And the Book of Life is mm-hmm. mentioned in the Old Testament. And so um, it's right. been known about in lots of different traditions. Um, but the reason we started calling it the Akashic Records is because Blavatsky and uh, a number of people, Eric uh, uh, Steiner and others, who were all kind of connected started using that term, Akashic Records. The word Akasha stands for sky, and so they were referring to the records that are located in the sky, or, you know, in the mm-hmm. Um Some right. teachers say that it's in the 11th dimension, and other teachers say it's, you know, in your DNA, and I asked in the records, well, what does this mean, and how can it be in both places, and I was told, well, think of your local library having a local, you know, immediate information you need, but the big library or the main library in town has everything. So I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. So right. how I got into it was um, I, touched, I studied with another group, and um, there, there were just some differences of experiences and beliefs, and so I was told by guidance to start another practice, which I did, and this has grown into Akashic Records International, uh, mm-hmm. I teach people to open the Akashic Records and also to call upon the Ascended Masters uh, to mm-hmm. work with you and to kind of give you 
a little bit of a boost or oversight. So mm-hmm. now I have a question for you since you brought up the ascended masters. Because um, I've worked with them, I love a lot of work there and there. What's your view? Are they what uh, Sylvia Brown and others called the council, and we're now defining them more as the ascended masters, or are those two separate entities for your you and your system? Um, well, there's a lot of ascended masters because there are humans who have succeeded right. in reaching a certain level of mastery that they have ascended, and um, mm-hmm. they're different, say, from the angels. Uh, who didn't necessarily embody on earth. And there are councils. There's more than one. And so mm-hmm. the councils that Sylvia is referring to aren't necessarily the Akashic Council or the Akashic Records mm-hmm. um, uh, guidance group, um, but they're all ascended masters. So they're masters of mm-hmm. various categories. Uh-huh. See, even the higher ups got to have a chain of command, people. Um, you know, it seems that way. Yeah, you know, I've thought about that yeah. too. Yeah, do we have to have it that way? Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like when people say, "Well, you know, um, Archangel Michael's my guide." I'm like, which one of the twenty thousand of them? You know, like that's yeah. like saying Walmart is your guide. That's nice. Which one? <laughs> um, <laughs> And that confuses a lot of people. They've never really, yeah, they, they, they never really the clicked with that, that yeah. it's more of a job title. You know? Well, you are um, correct that it is a job title, and the um, job title is a very important mantle, if you will, or responsibility. Mm-hmm. And there could be more than one uh, energy that has fulfilled that slot, which you know, we tend to think that it's been Archangel Michael all along, and it has been, but that slot has been uh, upgraded, if you will, by various right. beings who have stepped in to fill that role. That's well said. Right. Um, you know, and and I kind of, you know, look at that a lot, especially when I've done over other side work, and I don't do it publicly yet. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't do public, right, because it isn't proficient enough. Sure. But it's like, you know, when people say Archangel Michael or Archangel Raphael or, you know, is my guy, and I'm like, okay, which one of them? Because when I go over there, they're all wearing red hats, and I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which one of you guys are doing the job for this mm-hmm. person? Um, and I find it interesting that you also bring in um, the goddess of liberty as an important patron of your work. Yes. How does her role play into this? Well, idea of liberty is a universal one, and it's where we are stepping into our power as humans, as co-creators. And most of us limit our abilities by our version of what we're capable of. And what the goddess of liberty does is opens that up. She is the spokesperson for the great karmic board, and her role in terms of the Akashic Records is to open up our capacity for our self-view. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I said in the book, Waking Up in 5D, but it's really, really come to the fore lately, is this whole idea of saying, I have to. I have to pick up the kids. I have to get this report done. I have to uh, meet my friends. 
And it's a phrase that actually puts our power outside of ourselves. And if we Mm -hmm. give up that phrase, I have to, and change it out, um, I'm picking up my kids on time because I don't want them to be the last ones there. Or I've got this report to do. I promised my boss it would be done by tomorrow. And when we do that, Mm -hmm. we claim our power and our authority. And so what I have noticed is then everything else that we do also carries a bigger authority. Because who's Mm -hmm. who's got a gun to your head saying you have to do anything? Well, not in this country anyway. Not many. You know, even in the more controlled countries, there is a lot of free choice there. That's right. And that's I think that's right. what a lot of people lose is that idea of free choice. That's right. Now, in earlier times, the goddess of liberty was used a lot. And, you know, she got the nickname America's Goddess um, because, you know, Statue of Liberty is supposed to represent the goddess of liberty. It used to be on money and stuff. How do you feel about not seeing her as much in our Culture. The view of America as it used to be. Well, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because I live in an apartment where I actually can see the Goddess of Liberty statue, the Statue of Liberty. How and cool! So I feel very cool, very fortunate. Um, um, it's it's been a big blessing. And um, before that, I had statues and pictures and icons in my office, even in the corporate world of the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see the, the uh, Goddess of Liberty on top of state capitals all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I see your point that it's not maybe as well-known as it used to be, but I sure see it. And, and, you know, like when I'm in China teaching, I don't talk about political mm-hmm. freedom because I don't want to get in trouble and I don't want to get my – you know, my organization is in trouble. But what I say is, you know, this is your personal responsibility to yourself that you step mm-hmm. up and you do your part. Um, and so part of this ownership of liberty is stepping into your power as an authentic human being. And so many times we do lies of convenience or little white lies. And that's like giving away our power the same as I have to. So. Mm-hmm. What happens is when you start to work in the Akashic Records, one of the things I tell people is you need to be more honest with yourself about yourself. Because if you're not going right. to be honest with yourself, how can you hear the message that you're going to get about self-improvement? Because going into the Akashic Records is about soul growth. And if you want to mm-hmm. advance spiritually, how can you do that if you're not willing to see that you've been telling little white lies of convenience. I was with someone recently where she actually said, oh, well, you know, the, the, there were delays with the flights. And it, that wasn't the problem. The problem was that there was a mistake, that she had picked up the wrong um, reservation. It wasn't that there mm-hmm. were delays, that that, that that was why she wasn't doing what she was going to do. And, I, and I, mm-hmm. I stopped her, and she, you know, changed her phone call. And I said, you know, even a little white lie. She says, well, I didn't want to have to explain it. And I said, I know. But all mm-hmm. of the explanation with the words, you know, um, someone made a mistake and, and sent me two reservations and I looked at the wrong one. But I really, mm-hmm. you know, doing this. So it is. Right. It, people are so accustomed to, like, making adjustments so they don't have to explain to somebody or whatever. And Mm-hmm. When when we go into the Akashic Records, we have to be willing to be really honest, not only with each other, but with ourselves. 
So that's mm-hmm. what I see as the liberty thing, you know, the liberty to be free uh-huh. to tell your truth. Well, right. And, you know, that was the whole thing. A lot of people have, I guess, after 19, what, after World War II, they really began whitewashing and removing things or not teaching, you know, that Lady Justice is based on Lady Justice, you know, mm-hmm. the goddess of justice, that Lady Liberty who was a symbol of France, is a symbol of America, is based on freedom and finding that free will to go, you know what, those kids are eight years old. We live a quarter of a mile from the school. They can walk themselves home. I want to go do some self-care. Yeah. Now let's kind of jump into something that people probably find a lot shocking because I see it all the time and it drives me crazy. Um, and you talked about this in Waking Up 5D, and now you're talking about it again in the Akashic Records, this No More Karma. Yeah. What do you think <laughs> it is? Well, first of all, I have to tell you that when I first got this information back in 1994, even I did not understand it. And the very first people I told were some dev- good friends, people who had studied with me, devout Buddhists, and, and I thought I was you know, throwing this out onto fertile ground, and it was not received well, and it was very uh, challenging for me at the time because they said, how can this be? Mm-hmm. You know, and they were pretty excited, and I said, you know, I don't know. I just know it's so because that's what I've been shown. And so mm-hmm. now I get it. Now I get it, and here's the deal. Sure. We are jumping from a game based on polarity to a game mm-hmm. based on love. So we won't need karma right. because you and I aren't going to make bad choices because we're going to be plugged in enough that we're going to know mm-hmm. the highest and best choice or one of the highest and best choices because there's still going to be variety. There's still going to be choice. But it's like if you if you look at the possibility of, of any decision, there's usually like five choices, two below grade, two above grade, mm-hmm. and one divine choice. So if you look at that, mm-hmm. all it's falling away is the two choices that are substandard. Everything else is still right. there. Right. And I agree. And the other thing with this and waking up, you know, and if this is my whole thought on karma, and it's always been my thought. There is no – the whole idea, and I need to separate it because Western karma and Eastern karma are different. The well, – I can't remember the one that is based on the Buddhist and the Hindi idea of when you die, you'll look at what you've done. You you know either have to pay up because you've done a lot of bad, or you have to or you get a lot of good into your next planned life. Kind of extra credit slash no credit idea. Got that? And base that principle. Understand it. It kind of fits in with that life missions theory that we come down here. We have things to do. You know, if we get our check marks, we get out of here, we don't have to repeat the lesson of, you know, dating the devil. The <laughs> other one um, is the one that I never got. And then finally my God said, they're doing it to themselves. There is no being over here running around going, here's a bad karma cookie for you and a bad karma cookie for you and a bad karma cookie for you. No. You know. Lady Karma's like at the end of the crossover cycle. She doesn't do it like, oh, I stubbed my toe and squashed a bee today when I did it. So tomorrow it's going to rain on my parade. 
She ain't got time well, for that. Yeah. Right. And and here's the What's thing. What's your view on it? Well, one of the things that I got was that we took the freedom to choose not God too far. And the plug was pulled. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we don't have that freedom to choose not God anymore. And we're not and nobody right. wants to pull, put up with that anymore. We all we want right. to choose choices that are all going to be pleasing to our God selves rather than mm-hmm. the not God choice. You know, one of the examples I give to people is, you know, imagine taking a child out to play after a rainstorm. The first thing they're going to do is find a puddle and stomp in it. If you let them, they'll sit in it. And after the play mm-hmm. is over, you come inside, give them a bath, change their, you know, give them fresh clothes and everything's fine. That's us. Right. We've been allowed to play in the dirt, but we're not going to go do that anymore because it's too much trouble. And the pain we've caused each other has gotten too great. And so we've got mm-hmm. enough of that information. The database is full of the dark side of no, you know, of the mm-hmm. non choice. We don't need it anymore. We're done. And so, yep. you know, that cycle's done. Right. And that's good that it's done. We're moving into that vibration. That's right. Now, for those that haven't gotten on the Akashic bandwagon, how do you explain when someone got, you know, when they've never heard of it or they were like, yeah, whatever, and didn't pay attention? How do you see the Akashic records? I see it as simply the record of everything we've ever done, everything we're currently doing, and our potential uh, that, mm-hmm. of what we might be doing. Because, um, you know, the records are not solid, so, you know, we still have free will. And right. there are times when, when we're in the records and people are asking questions, and the record keepers will say, there's too many players. This decision hasn't been made. You know, you'll have to right. wait till the people, you have, to people wait. have moved in. Exactly. So the records are right. a way for you and I to understand the motives of ourselves mm-hmm. and the people around us mm-hmm. so that we can have more compassion. That's, I think, the number one reason why the records were made available to everybody, is so that we would be able to show uh, or see another part of life. You know, when you're in the records, for example, a woman um, who was abused by her father asked about this abuse. And in the records, she was told that she was not karmically tied to this abuse. She didn't have it coming to her because of karma. What happened is she chose to incarnate in that family to stop the madness. And she said, oh, my gosh, that's so true because I stood between my dad and all my younger siblings. I was the only one he ever abused Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't let him have anyone else. And right. and so that was confirmation for her that it wasn't a karmic mm-hmm. obligation, but she came in. Right. And the record keeper said to her, you are a high enough being that you knew you could handle it and come out on the other side and be fine. That's not true for everybody, but that was true for her. No, it isn't. Right. And that is truth. And that's a lot of what I look at with the Akashic Records is looking at it and going, okay, who, why, who, you know, and, you know, I've often said that my guide, you know, gets the name, the birthday, goes and gets a file for me to read and look at your life. People are now yeah. being able to basically use their own library card to go get that file. 
Um, exactly, exactly. And you know, yeah. in the old and days, that's it was the reason only the why pages. a lot of readers. Yeah, but that's also a reason why a lot of readers ask for specific questions because they've got a, It's like searching a database of every moment of your life. That's right. That's right. And to just randomly say, "Well, tell me about myself," is kind of like not. It's it's too much to choose from. Um, Correct. You know, and this is also why I'm very particular about the way we approach it and the protocol. You know, one of the things mm-hmm. that happens is I teach people a lot of of uh, elements that they can rely on in terms of uh, ways to know that they're actually in the records. And so then when mm-hmm. they get those markers or they get those signs, that that can happen like right away. And then they say to me, well, why do you need to do this three times if you, you know, this little setup that we do? If if I can feel mm-hmm. it when I first do it the first time, and the answer is because you're uh, activating first your desire, then your mind, mm-hmm. and then your will, and mm-hmm. so by doing that we line up. And then the other thing I do is I ask people to do their own clearing work, and I give them uh, tools to get into their fifth dimensional self, so that they have what I would call safeguards to ensure their success. Right. You know, so. Well, not only that, but I've always thought when we are doing dimensional work or otherworldly work, we need to, you know, we need to understand that what you find out may not be what you want to know. Because, <laughs> that is so true. You know, um, you know, some of the things that, you know, we go through in life, we do it, we schedule it over there and going, yep, I'm going to date, the, you know, this idiot here. We agree to date each other so I can learn what unconditional love is and he can learn how to be a pain in the ass. Yes, those are lessons. Betrayal is a lesson. But when you're not looking at it from that point of we are here to do something, everything we do is part of it. The... They, you, you look at it from what I call the human perspective. It's like, what the hell am I thinking? <laughs> or no, that can't be right. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, yeah. the, you and, know, the energy gets, is different over there. That's all true, and it, it's it's um, it's tricky because you know, for example, if if um, your if your boyfriend is stepping out, and you kind of suspect it, then you ask in the records. Now, if I'm the guide taking you through that process, I don't want to be the one to tell you he's stepping out. I might even say, you know, I'm not comfortable with the Mm -hmm. information that's being given. And usually the client will say something like, oh, you know, I really know the answer already. I'm just looking for confirmation. Um, So, you know, there's ways to work around it without hurting people because then they're telling you, yeah, I knew about it already. Um, right, but I don't know. My guide's very chatty. He, she's the biggest gossip queen on the other side, so he doesn't have a problem telling people, "Yeah, you need to dump this one because he's going to do A, B, and C, and you didn't schedule that." Because that's the other part of free will. Is uh, yeah, we have this beautiful planned out. Takes you know a couple, you know, it takes seventy years is what I'm told. You may get another number of figuring out what you're going to do in your life down here. But we have free road to go, nah, I don't feel like going for coffee today. He can meet me tomorrow. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, one time, uh, a client asked me about the um, ex-boyfriend of a of mm-hmm. her daughter, and she said all the cats died the same week, and I think he's you know was behind it and poisoned the cats. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh my God, she's going to quote Maureen Saint Germain is saying that you know the ex-boyfriend killed the cats. And I didn't want mm-hmm. to be the messenger. And and the record mm-hmm. keeper surprised the heck out of me by saying through me, you do not need mm-hmm. us. You do not need your record keepers to confirm that which you already know. Right. Oh, got me off the hook right mm-hmm. away. <laughs> well, it gets that, and you know the other thing with that, or you know, I call them gods. You call you. I love your term of record keepers. Is um, he's still that one? Is you know, for me, it's kind of like they. Some of the stuff my clients ask, they go, "Really? You don't know how you feel." <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Sometimes that's mm-hmm. people don't know how they feel, but they don't know <laughs> how they feel. Um, but what? But, but what I find is. When you're in the Akashic Records, you get access to how other people feel. And a lot of times you can actually feel their feelings. You know, mm-hmm. they're, you know, like when somebody won't cooperate and you think to yourself, what's the matter with them? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then you go in the records and you ask, you know, what's going on? And you find out they're full of fear and you can feel how afraid they are. How can you be mad at them anymore for not acting? You, instead, you have right. compassion. You know, you and that's right. what this is all about. Because the more compassion we have towards everything, not only our successes but our failures, then then mm-hmm. we're there. Then we're in five D. You know, right? And you know, we're connected in there, and we're able to build and grow things, and we're able to allow ourselves that ability to go. You know, I've really been working for a very long time on this self worth. Lesson, I think I'm done. And <laughs> I want to move on to the next lesson. You know, and begin putting practices in. Or I'm tired of putting up with not feeling worthy. And I understand that the past five lives, I've lived as a servant. I'm done being a servant. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say that. You probably have, though, huh? I have. You know, uh, and, and it's in that. Um, in the private workings that I normally hear, you know, people starting when they start discovering their own life past, life regression, where they're headed with this, and it's like, mm-hmm, you keep doing this, this keeps happening. Have you learned the lesson yet? I've asked a lot of my students, have you learned the lesson yet that you're done with this? Yes, you know, and that's a really good point. I often tell people, just announce, I'm done learning this piece mm-hmm. of information, and you will be done. If you just let mm-hmm. it go on, it'll keep happening. But you can tell the universe, yes, you know, okay. I'm done. Don't bring me any more French fries. I'm done. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> we all know that they're all bad. We're moving forward. So you're teaching, you know, the book is a great stepping stone, and, you know, I ate it up in like a day. 
but you also <laughs> teach classes and lecture throughout the world. What's on your schedule? Well, um, this weekend I'm headed to Las Vegas for a conference sponsored by 5D Events, and this will run from Friday through Sunday, and it's going to be a trade show with lots and lots of activity and a, just a jam-packed schedule of uh, mm-hmm. speakers and presenters and then trade show stuff. So if you're in and around the Las Vegas area or you don't have anything scheduled for Easter weekend, you can join us in Las Vegas for 5D events. You can find mm-hmm. it on my website. Um, and then uh, the following uh, month, I have a group that I'm taking to Egypt, um, but they're all Chinese. So unless you're Chinese, you can't get in. Um, and that's primarily because uh, it's geared, you know, we're going to have a Chinese uh, guide and stuff like that. So, you know, you don't want to be part of a group that you wouldn't understand. And then uh, mm-hmm. in June, I'm actually uh, uh, taking personal time because I'm going to be moving from my current apartment to another place that I'm very excited about. And I'm also going to be a new grandma. We have... Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. I have two sons, and both of them and their wives are expecting right around the same time. It's kind of interesting how that happened, and um, Mm -hmm. we're excited about that. And then uh, there's another event in July that I'm doing, and then I'm going back to China to teach again. So lots of Mm -hmm. things on the schedule, pretty jam-packed. It does. It sounds like you've got a lot of things going on. Yeah, and I'm when presently teaching Akashic Records online. Say it again? Oh, you are. Um, when you go to China, how do you see them different than when you're teaching um, American or European students? Well, the Chinese are a little bit more open-minded than Americans because they haven't been indoctrinated with Christianity as much as we have been. So we're not mm-hmm. as stuck in certain belief systems that hold us back. Um, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is the Chinese are very good students. And they have these very uh, interesting expectations that they'll come away with mastery for attending one class, which I think is so very interesting because I'll ask them if they've ever learned to play a musical instrument or something like that. And how long did they take before they felt like they got it? Or how long have they been studying English, you know? Um, So those kinds of things are very interesting to me because in America we don't expect to have mastery after one class. Um, Mm -hmm. And then uh, on the the downside, um, it's hard for them to see practice as practice. So, you know, the very first time someone opened my Akashic Records when they were practicing, I got some bum information, and mm-hmm. I didn't make it the end of the world. But Correct. these students tend to take everything quite literally, you know. So, And even though I say, well, you're just practicing, it's just your first time, you know, be gentle with each other, you know. Mm-hmm. There's this high right. expectation. But, they're, you know, they're, the Chinese have learned to be very high achievers, and so they all really uh, want to to have a level of mastery. So that mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah. And they're hungry for the spiritual stuff, you know. 
So that's they are helpful. because it's a big part of their culture. Now you said you're teaching teleclasses. Yes. How do those work for you, for the um, student I, and for you as the instructor? I really like it because I get a chance to interact with people, and yet I can reach people from all over the world. My current class, I've got people from uh, all over the world, uh, Israel and all over the U.S. And other times, I've had people from I have people from China t- in the class, or the U.K. Mm-hmm. or um, you know uh, Germany. Right. And so it just depends. But the classes are offered. And then a lot of times people will either hit the replay or hear the replay a second time to, you know, get an extra benefit. And that's nice, too. Um, and mm-hmm. it's interactive. You know, I'm live on those calls. So it's it's pretty special because I can respond to each situation. And then I look at what people give me in terms of feedback uh, mm-hmm. and give them feedback about what's going on. So mm-hmm. I like So it. these are telephone-based calls. Way. Yeah. So these are telephone. Are these telephone based or are these web browser? Web browser? I'm using Instant Teleseminar, which is a, a web based uh, program, and I use PowerPoint. So they're not seeing mm-hmm. my face, but they're getting me live okay. and they're getting the PowerPoint live. Yeah. Good. So it's easier for them to access, you know, if you have a lot of people around. Um, oh, yeah. You and you don't know, really last have week to. I- Last week Go I was in China and I was on the call mm-hmm. as the teacher from China. Wow! Someone said, "How's the that weather really in New York?" For it? it is really. <laughs> the, so the late, one of the ladies on the call said, "How's the weather in New York?" And I started to laugh and I said, "I'm not sure." And then you know my my moderator said, "Maureen's in China." So said, okay, well, how's the weather in China? <laughs> right. Um, and you take tours. You're going to Israel. No, you're going to Egypt. You're, no, no, I do not go to Israel on tours. That's not that's not something okay. I've done, or it's not on my agenda at this time. I'm taking. Okay. A, I had a, I have a lady in my class from Israel. Um, what I was saying mm-hmm. is, I do take trips to Egypt, and mm-hmm. I have done trips to Tibet and to Peru and uh, lots of dolphin swims over the years. Um, uh-huh. So, but right so now, what's your thoughts of what's China. below the Sphinx's feet? Say it again. What's your thoughts on what's below the Sphinx's feet? Casey, uh, done a lot of oh, talking I think about. Oh, records. Absolutely, Hall of Records. I've even heard people say that they've seen it. Yeah. I think they're yeah, hiding there's it. There's been us, debate on actually. that. I think they are. I think that it's been recovered and used and um, continuing to be maintained. Um, and also mine in general for stuff, yeah, and and they're, yeah. they're taking stuff out that they think might conflict with their version of history. Absolutely. Right. Um, as soon as you well, said I, it, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, and but I also think that there is a secondary room that I don't think has been accessed yet that um, has a collection of records. Um, that will blow our minds on the thought and history of it, but also that will, whenever it is released to the public, there's a lot of things that have not been released to the public, will tell us what the pyramid actually was. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people that say the pyramid was a, a power center, but I never felt that. 
I don't think it was a power center. Yeah, I don't either. I do not think it was a power center. I think that originally they were designed to be spiritual centers. Exactly. That's why we see them on the same globe around the world. Right. It's on the same parallel line. All the way around the world, you can go to Egypt, you go to southern South America, you go to China, you go into the middle of the Pacific Ocean, you're going to find a pyramid. Right. But we'll see how that works. So, guys, pick up the Akashic Records. Also pick up 5D. Waking up 5D. Read it first. Then read the Akashic <laughs> Records. And here's why. If you read Waking Up in 5D, when you read the Akashic Records, it will tie together so comfortably. It isn't like you've got to chew out this concept to understand this one, which I really like about your work. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, one of the things that um, I have begun to understand is that when we have tools that help us to understand what's really happening around us, we can accept that this thing that we thought was weird is now the new normal. And mm-hmm. and as we accept the new normal, then we're going to, it's going to be easier to let go of the old normal. You know, mm-hmm. the ability to know stuff before uh, they happen will be the new, is right. the new normal. The ability to um, um, have something like move out of our awareness and then be back in our awareness. You think you've lost it. Mm-hmm. You open the drawer where it's supposed to be and there it is. You know, those kinds right. of things are the, going to be the new normal and we're going to recognize, oh, I was in a higher dimension when I put it down and of course, now that I'm not so stressed out anymore, I can move back into that higher place and see it. Right. Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, darling, tell them how to get in contact with you. You've got a lot of stuff on your website. You're doing a lot of acti- activities throughout the year because, you know, these shows do get archived. So someone will stumble onto it in a couple months. How can they get in contact with you, not only for your books, but your classes, your lectures, and it looks like even readings? Yes, mm-hmm. MaureenStGermain.com, M-A-U-R-E-E-N-S-T-G-E-R-M-A-I-N.com. And if you sign up for my blog, it comes out once a month around the 1st, and there's always a free download to go with it. There's a lot of information on my blog post. If you start reading through my blog post, you're, you're going to be blown away with all the information that's there. There's There's probably mm-hmm. close to 20 different meditation CDs, and they're all focused on a particular purpose. There's a set for um, soul retrieval, where if you've had trauma in your life, you can recover your lost soul parts. There's one for finding your soulmate and, um, you know, getting that part of your life. There's abundant, mm-hmm. a couple of different kinds of abundance meditations. And these are all guided meditations where I invite you to participate at some level so that it's not just me, it's me and you working together. Um, and I also have um, a lot of information on the Merkaba because I taught that for 20 years, and there's a DVD and CDs. And 
as you say, you know, in the new book, um, Waking Up in 5D, there's a new Merkaba in there as well. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's also very interesting and helpful to people. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I do and help people. Um, you know, I I am very grateful to have the opportunity to, you know, meet with people and talk with them about these things. And I'm really grateful to you for setting this up. It's so cool. And you you have such a sweet way about you. I'm sure your clients Thank absolutely you. love you. Yeah, some of them do. Some of them don't like it when I'm, like, dumping. You know, <laughs> but I'm sorry. You know, I've learned a long time ago. Okay, how long we've been reading? If the God says dump him, I'm going to be repeating dump him. I am not going to get a migraine from being hit in the head. <laughs> yeah. You know. Because yeah. if you I'm don't going, release it, then mm-hmm, you're that's not what I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's very so interesting. Thank you, darling. Um, yes, darling. One thing I want your readers to have as a, a going away gift, if you will, and that is one of the ways to get what you really want in life is to ask for a day or an evening of heaven on earth for you and everyone you come in contact with. Ooh, I like that. Like that a lot. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me and coming on, and I'm glad we were able to get you here. And come back when you when you start working on, I believe it's soul memory that I'm looking at you're going to be working on. Cool. Sounds mm-hmm. good to me. Yes. You have a lovely evening, darling. Thank you. It's a real pleasure. Take care. Take care. All right, guys. That was Marie St. Germain. She done she's got some great books out. Go check out her site. Check out my site, aceandnight.com. You're going to be able to get my daily blogs to come out. We're adding some new stuff to the site. I'm also going to be launching a life coaching practice and probably in the next two to three months we're developing it. Also during this time, if you are a listener to the Psychic Coffee Shop and you choose to book a reading, tell my assistant Michael when you book it that you listen to the coffee shop and I'll give you 10% off that reading. This is for new customers only, of course, but again, let Michael know you heard us on the show. We'll be happy to do that for you. I am taking live appointments at the Crystal Lotus. I believe that is next week. We do have a few openings available. So, again, call my office. That way you can get in contact with me, and we can set you up either for phone or in person. And if you don't have that number, let me go ahead and give that to you. That's 304-584-3592. We will be here on Friday with Mountain Bears. And, oh, we got some things to be talking about. A lot of things happening in our government and around the world. And we got a new presidential candidate to be talking about, too. So until then, good night, y'all. Did you know that you can have a reading with ASIN in person? Or you can reach him by phone. 
chat or even text message, you should really check out his site, asonite.com, or give him a call. His number is 304-584-3592. Are you looking for loving, caring, spiritual answers? Then you need to give Rainy a call. Her number is 303-416-2977. She's able to give you a reading, see what your life path holds, plus what the angels and crossover loved ones has to say about it. Visit PsychicRainyLove.com for more details. And remember, Rainy spelled R-A-I-N-E. You're listening to the Magic Happens Radio Network. Sponsored by The Magic Happens Magazine. You'll find us at www.themagichappens.com.